Hey everyone, welcome to Give Me The D. And I'm talking details, dramas, dilemmas, discussions and all the dirt. When it comes to love and romance, there's stress and struggles, but there's also a journey of self-discovery, learning from the past and growing through experience. This show captures juicy stories, deep conversations and personal breakthroughs. I'm your host, the damsel in dating distress. Thanks for tuning in. How is it going? So today I'd like to welcome my guest, Mitchell Simpson. Not only is he a fellow blogger, he's also a qualified scuba diver. He has gone down two shirt sizes since the beginning of lockdown. His omelettes are desired across Scotland. And in high school, he was voted most likely to be looking for that special someone on friendsreunited.com. Mitchell, hi, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Busy, busy. I know that we've had um, conversations here and there about the dating detoxes and how it's very exhausting. You mentioned how dating apps are, and I quote you, um, a cruel cycle of nothingness. Do you want to elaborate? (laughs) Do you want to elaborate and maybe share a bit more detail about your experience? Um, So I've tried a number of different dating apps Mm. throughout the years. So everything from Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, just to try different things and see what's out there because I feel like sticking with one all the time can just mean you're stuck seeing the same people over and over again or you're just not really different people have different tastes so different apps attract different people so why not try it but then I find it's always really exciting at the start when you first get on the app you go in and you see you see people and you start swiping and you get, oh, you get your first match you get a little rush of you get your first match you get a conversation going but then maybe it fizzles out, maybe something happens a bit. Depends. For my for myself, I tend to find that my matches would they would start up, conversation would start, but then it would be very bland quite quickly. Yes. So there's not much creativity there, well, <laughs> regardless of the app you're on. So yeah. it's it's a weird one because I think the cycle for me goes: I you go on it to start with, you get the rush from your first couple of matches and conversations. Then after it keeps going for a little while, starts to fade. You then get to a point where you're almost just doing it out of boredom. You're mm-hmm. going through and you're just swiping for the sake of swiping almost, just to, to kill time. Mm-hmm. And then it starts having, for me, it always had a detrimental effect on my mental health yeah. when I was going through it because of lack of conversation, lack of meaningful interaction there because a lot of the matches you have I don't know about your experiences, but a lot of the matches I would get, unless I make the first move, would all ultimately lead to nothing. Yeah. So there was always quite a one-way expect expectation of someone to do one thing, but not to be reciprocated. Yeah, I do feel like people are quite lazy when it comes to making a real effort. Um, like you said, a lot of people use it for boredom. I've even said that myself in a previous podcast session. Even though I'm on a dating hiatus at the moment, I do find that um, there are certain ways that I've found to help prevent dead-end conversations, which is what you mentioned earlier. And one of the key questions that helps with the, I guess, the filtering process is, um, what are you looking for? Now, I know that's quite a bold question. I feel like once you get that question out there, you know, depending on how someone responds, for me, I can dictate whether I want to, you know, continue the conversation. And then also what I try and do, unless the guy has already suggested it, is to turn the text messaging into like a 
phone call or a Zoom call because I don't know about you, but personally, I can't be asked to faff around with texting. I do feel like I get a much better gauge on whether I like someone through speaking to them, hearing their, hearing the energy of the, of the live conversation, getting the tones, getting the laughter. And I really do feel like it accomplishes far more in a shorter amount of time. It could be some tips for yourself, but that definitely helps me um, in the process. No, I 100% agree. It's, mm. I, I try to move towards calling, if not meeting a person, mm. um, as soon as I'm comfortable. I find that, especially if the conversation is going quite well, it's quite easy for miscommunications to happen through yeah. just text because you don't get the context, you don't get the mm. tone of how they're saying emojis can help but even then it doesn't tell the full story yeah it could even cause conflict sometimes <laughs> i've certainly heard stories like that yeah so have i <laughs> have you had an experience like that before yes i have where i, I said I, I i think i gave the girl a, com a compliment and she took it in the worst possible way because it just i mean i knew how i meant it but it just how i worded it wasn't the most clear and it just caused an argument as a result and yeah. I tried my best, but ultimately, as a result of it, she unmatched. Right. So, it was a learning experience for me to be more tactful with, with words I use and how I say things, because that type, I don't know if it's my, a personal thing or it's just, maybe it's, maybe it's a Scottish thing, I don't know. But <laughs> it's um, how, how, I, how I articulate myself can come off a little bit abrupt, and I'm, I doubt I'd be the only one that would say that. Yeah, even just gestures and facial expressions, they help so much in terms of what you're trying to get across. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that the girl unmatched you. She wasn't the first one. Uh, oh, don't worry. I get unmatched as well, but they're assholes, so fuck them. <laughs> so um, there was some really interesting research um, that I found dated back to, well, it was only last year, actually. It was August 2020. So this was from the Poor Research Centre, and it was about the attitudes of daters. So let me okay. read you a couple of sentences that stood out for me, and then I'd quite like to get your thoughts on this. So 75% of singles say it's very difficult or somewhat challenging in the last year to find people to date. Many men say it's difficult for them to approach people. So my first question is, do you agree with the bit about men finding it difficult to um, approach people? Uh, I would say yes, it actually is. It depends heavily on how you're approaching them. If it's, mm. especially through the world we're like right now, where almost everything is digital, almost everything is online. If you don't have some sort of quirky line or something creative to say to start off a conversation, chances are you'll get lost in the woodwork. Yeah. That's my, that's my experience anyway. And also from someone that doesn't have the most amount of confidence when it comes to speaking to brand new people, it's... Mm not the greatest way right now for me to start dating yeah because i'm quite a big fan i'm more of i don't think the best way to put it i um i much prefer having the physical chemistry interactions there yeah. rather than i'm solely relying on the digital front on that side of things because i don't know if it's maybe more of a traditional sort of mindset where i like having that one-to-one -one interaction or if it's i just really don't like te technology for that sort of thing <laughs> No, I agree. Um, I was speaking to someone about this, um, a couple of people actually, and I feel like, you know, uh, dating apps, when it first came about, it was, yeah, it was fun. It was exciting to explore, play about with the features, swiping around. But now I feel like the novelty has really worn off. If anything, it creates fatigue. 
I truly feel like people just need to get back to real life dating, you know, start meeting each other like physically. And obviously lockdown hasn't helped, but because this barrier, this, the screen, it, it doesn't help at all. Yeah. And you, it's, you'll struggle to figure out whether you have chemistry with someone essentially. 100%. I also find that from my experience, it's not always about meeting someone brand new. Mm. Um, if that makes sense, you could always, I've had some of the best dating experiences I've had have been with friends that are friends of friends for that yes. matter. Yes. It's, it's through someone you know. Yeah. You can find someone that because you have that person in common, maybe you have things in common, maybe how you act with each other is works quite well. And I think that's that can be a way that's almost lost now because of the world of dating apps. Yeah. Um, and even from I know, going back to the point you're making about the, the men having struggling to make the first interaction there. Mm. I get that that's what Bumble was for, almost to start with, try and counteract that, so that the women now have to make the first move. Mm. Problem is that, again, it goes back to what we discussed prior, if it's quite a blunt start to the conversation, where it's just, hey, or how are you doing? It's how do you go, go for anywhere from there? Yeah. My other question um, in relation to that little fact that I found was, how do you feel about women approaching you first? So you were talking about Bumble. Um, yeah, what's your experience with Bumble? Bumble, for me, is actually, weirdly enough, I'm actually quite a big fan of women having the confidence to make the first move and have start a conversation. The problem is that Bumble, it always makes me feel sorry for the women on other apps because they have to deal with the same crap that I have to deal with on Bumble. Okay. Because, like, they'll tend to go with, hey, how are you? This is the most common answer I always get, or common question I always get on Bumble. Is, hey, how are you doing? What can I do with that? You know what? Can I... <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird one. You're like, not the first person to say that. So many guys have told me this. Like, women are not very good at starting a conversation. It's always either emoji or it's just, hey, how are you? Or hi. I think it's, to be fair, I think that having dating apps is an easier way for those with less confidence to make the first move to do so. Hmm. But again, as, be, as be, I am someone that prefers to have that physical interaction there, yeah. I would much rather be out somewhere with friends and meet someone that way or meet through a friend that way yeah. and then have that, have, if they're interested, meet the first move there. But again, we can't do that right now. We're stuck behind in our homes. Yeah. But and some of the, one of the best experiences I ever had on a date was, well, eventually led to a date was someone approaching me when I was out somewhere. Okay. I was, I was out with friends and we're out for a couple of drinks one night. And I was at the bar and I was getting next round from my friends and she approached me and just we started having a conversation and I gave her my number and it went from there. Oh, nice. had, a, had a few dates out of it. It was good fun. We eventually kept in contact for a while and then unfortunately she had to move somewhere in Europe. I can't remember where now. Oh. But it was a while ago, but it was yeah. just, it was one of the better dating experiences I've had in the years. And, you know, when you meet someone right there and then, you already know whether you're attracted to someone and you kind of like, you can gauge from the energy as well that they kind of give off. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to try and come away from dating apps eventually in our conversation. <laughs> could, you, could you share a couple of things that make you instantly swipe left? Uh, if there's, okay. Like the, initially the pictures can draw me in. Mm. I will see that. Like, and if I'm if I'm intrigued, I will put. If I see the first picture of something that's interesting me, I'll look at. I'll look at the profile and get a bit more information there. 
But the problem I have with, especially with the pictures, is if it's just your face and nothing else, for like five or six pictures, it's an instant swipe left every time. Oh yeah, okay. Because um, it's, it's just a matter of I'm, it's just, there's something about it, it just kind of makes me a bit wary about you're not willing to at least show who you are a bit more. Yeah. If that is either you out with friends or mm-hmm. if it's you doing something or even you with family. It's yeah. just, if it's just from the neck up and nothing else is visible, that's a swipe left every single time. So if someone used selfies throughout, um, would you would that be a left as well? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, got it. Yeah, cool. I just like, I like to have to see a bit more character there. Yeah. I like to see who people actually are for their video profiles. I think if you're just, there's only so much you can display in, in four or five selfies. Yeah. Of the same, of the same look, <laughs> the same... The same slight tilted angle to the side. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that little half smile. It, there's only so much you can say with that without me thinking, do you know what? It's not worth the hey, how are you? I'm just going to swipe left. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing because um, I, I know a lot of girls that post like selfies. And yeah, I know about, <laughs> I know about the tilted head and the, and the slight smile. <laughs> it's, it's, not very, um, it's not very exciting, is it? Yeah, I mean, the ones I always tend to swipe right to are the ones that actually have something of an interest there. So, so example, if they're if they're scuba diving, for example, if they're going, if they're out with friends or they're out doing something active or something that's something a bit different, we don't typically see. Something like that is more likely to make me swipe right than swipe left if it's just by pictures alone. Sure. If we move over to the bios, is yeah. there anything in the bio that makes you think, oh, God, no. It's there's not very much. I think the more the worst thing for the bio, I think that there's nothing in it. Mm. I think that's the biggest one for me because it, for me it gives me an indication that you're not willing to put yourself out there a bit. More. Agreed. Like, mm-hmm. If you don't have the confidence in yourself to at least put something in your profile, it doesn't have to be much, yeah. three or four lines at most, but mm-hmm. something to give some sort of conversation starter. It's why like the prompts are quite good now that apps have started introducing having these prompts to try and get some conversation mm. something to talk about it mm. works I think just nothing in the bio just kind of yeah, yeah it's just for me it screams no effort so as a couple of my other things um in terms of what makes me swipe left I thought I'd share this with you using one picture I just find that a little bit dodgy I feel like I'm either going to be catfished or, or it's just some sort of bot I, I don't know um blurry pictures uh, selfies at gyms. So I know that a lot of guys go gym and they're proud of themselves and proud of their bodies. But those guys that pose in front of the gym mirror, I don't know. Like it just doesn't work for me. I just find it a bit. I don't see the appeal. A bit vain. Yeah, it's it's more the ones that I see, that I've been shown where it's just guys with nothing but those pictures in their profile, which mm. really concern me. Yeah. I don't. I'm not against <laughs> having one. Yeah. Like one picture of you working out or you being active, I get that. But mm. if your entire profile is the fact is you basically say, I go to the gym, I lift loads of weights, look at my massive muscles. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the appeal of that? I don't yeah. that's a weird one. Um I think on my profiles before I got rid of them all, I think I had one, mm. which was one I use for my personal training yeah. business set up. Just so it's got it was one of me. I think it's of a, like I'm tilted to the side, the kettlebells over my head, I'm bent, yeah. I'm bent over. But it's like, an, it's an active shot, but it's not like a me posing in yeah. a mirror sort of thing. It's something that's a bit creative and it's something I use for my business. 
like you said it's an action shot it's not like you know you're purposely looking to camera saying hey look at me here's my amazing body so cliches I cannot stand cliches so things like if you want to know more message me I'm looking for my partner in crime um what kind of cliches do women use I'm, I'm curious references to tv shows or to I wouldn't say it's a cliche but astrology comes into it a bit I often mention they like what they are but I'm not against astrology by any means if anything I'm actually more for it now than I ever was yeah but it's not a bad thing. Mm. If, if anything, I know some people are quite into the whole astrology compatibility thing. It's the, yeah. the wrong astrology sign. They're not going to be interested sort of thing. Um, but it's probably one of the more cliches I see. But Or it's either that. I'm, I'm no, I'm no doubt in my mind that the guys do it too. But their Snapchat username. <gasps> oh. Either, or, their Instagram, or their Instagram handle, one of the two. If they're saying, I'm not on here very much, look at this and chat to me if you're dead. No. Just yeah, why? That, that spoils my spirit. <laughs> that really does. I just, it doesn't sit right with me. I'm really just not interested in your, like, obviously they're trying to look for a few more followers, bless them. Yeah. Um, a couple of times, actually, in the past, I thought, do you know what? Let me just check out their Instagram just to have a look and just be nosy. It's bloody private. So I'm just like, what is the bloody point? What are you doing? It's weird. And I understand why guys have their Snapchat username on because it tends to be if they have that, they tend to looking, they tend to want to send you one of two things. And it's usually the one that no one wants to see in their Snapchats. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to not receive any um, unwanted pictures like those. Hopefully. You were talking to me about, <laughs> well, you were warning me to steer away from Facebook dating. Um, <laughs> I kind of wanted a bit more detail. I mean, could you maybe, I haven't had a chance to check it out, even though I said I would. Could you maybe yeah. paint me a picture and for the listeners um, of what we could expect if we were to dip our toes in that area? Sure. So Facebook dating basically uses your Facebook profile as a pl- as a foundation to build you up a, in a dating profile for this for the other slight section they have on the app. Mm. It is a very weird amalgamation, Frankenstein's monster collaboration of a bunch of different apps. So it's got like, so for example, it's got the swiping style of Tinder. It's got the matching protocol that matches Tinder as well. Basically almost identical in terms of its structure. It, It does have photos and prompts in it, similar to the likes of Tinder now, but Hinge as well. Yeah. And you can like, leave individual comments based on the pictures as well. Right. Much like Hinge. Yeah. One thing that is a massive concern when I first went on the app was the fact that it, it basically doesn't exclude anybody at all. So what it means is if you have find someone on there that has mutual friends with you, it tells you who the mutual friends are. Oh. So it is very concerning if you have people on your Facebook profile that you don't like. Because you, for me anyway, I started subconsciously judging people on the app because of who they were friends with that I knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so you're friends with this guy, her, and him. Yeah, I am not swiping right on you regardless of what your profile says. <laughs> Just based on who they are. Um, it is such a weird one. The, the one thing I will say that's, I'm not sure if I agree, I like it or not. They have a thing called a secret crush feature on it. Okay. Which basically, you can choose up to three different profiles. These profiles are from friends that you actually have. 
that basically says that you have a crush on them. But it doesn't tell them if you like them. It just means that if, for example, they you pop up on their thing, you basically instantly match with them straight away. Right. It sounds so bizarre. It's a weird, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a weird one. I'm not sure if I like it or not. I mean, like you said, it just sounds like a, a big mashup of like different apps all together and they haven't quite figured out what the USP is. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. It, it no, sounds it like happens. a terrible experience. Yeah. yeah, I was on it for two days and then decided, do you know what, it's not worth the trouble. It's not worth being on here anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I probably won't go near there then. My recommendation for social media sites and platforms, don't go into the dating scene, let the dating apps do it. Yeah, they exactly. they're doing a bit better. So I recently resurfaced one of my old blog posts, um, which discussed whether women and men can actually be friends. And I know okay. that you made a comment on that post saying that, it's yes, it's possible, but it's not easy. And without the right dynamic, it can end badly. Could you elaborate a bit more on that? Of course. Um, I've, in my sort of, my time after I left high school, and actually during high school, I've been... Predominantly, most of my friends have been girls. Because mm. I, get, I get along with them more, I have better relationships with them, I have better communications with them than I do with guys, tends to be. But I think the problem we have is that not everyone can actually do it well. A lot of guys have the mentality of, especially because I live with a, a, a woman who I live with. I It's got to the point now where the minute I told anyone I was living with a girl or the fact that, I was moving in with a girl. The whole thing was, so when are you going to sleep with her? Or, or have you slept with her yet? Yeah. And it's, neither of us are interested in that. Like, we are just purely friends. It's purely platonic. Yeah. So having, but again, that comes down to that's what our relationship has been like. We've developed a friendship over the years and it's been purely about being friends and there's not been a sexual factor there. Mm. There And there don't get me wrong, with friends with girls, there can be that crossover with having the physical aspect beyond just being friends with them. Mm. But that, again, as you as you mentioned before in your response, is that as long as ground rules are set, either verbally said it or or not even, even, even if it's unspoken, mm. something like that can play a massive factor in making sure you understand how things work. I mean, I've had friends that have been girls, I still do have friends that have been girls, that I've had intimate relationship, intimate interactions with yeah. through the years. But then we've now both moved on with our lives. They're now they're now in a happy relationship with someone else. And, and it doesn't affect our friendship at all. We are still friends. We still, still talk on a regular basis. Mm. Alternatively, I also have friends where we don't. We we have had the we've not had the physical aspect there and it's never been a problem. It's never been something that's crossed our minds. Mm. It's just how we are and how we are as people. Mm. But I think a, a lot of, I don't know from, my, from what your thoughts on it are, but from my experience, a lot of guys can not all, can, cannot always separate the intimacy and relationship side of things. Yeah. There's a difference between being in love with someone and caring for someone deeply. Yeah. And there's also a difference between being in love, being caring for someone deeply and sleeping with them. It's not yeah. the same thing. Yeah. There's is that having that ability to separate almost a relationship and sex that not all guys can actually do and girls can't do it either and don't get me wrong I've had girls the ground rules I've set with girls especially with ones that I've had intimate relationships with prior has been that if feelings develop we need to admit this in the bud now or we need to go through a period where we just 
don't do it and just stay friends and just work it out basically makes sense I also think that platonic friendships are entirely possible um but in most cases like you said it does require um two people creating a boundary or even Mm. if it's enforced from one side um I've certainly had an experience where one of my guy friends um they told me that they had feelings and for me it was just too awkward so I had to say look appreciate you being honest but this is not how I feel happy to continue our friendship and yeah it kind of had a bit of a knock on our friendship you know we're still talking everything but if the guy feels like or the girl feels like you know you're developing feelings then you need to try and raise that as soon as possible so in terms of friendship between a guy and a girl as long as they're not confusing things um by you know doing romantic or sexual you know activities or I also think actually having constant contact 24-7 can also blur the lines. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've also, again, had an experience where, you know, I've got a guy friend and we're really cool and everything, but he was texting me all the time, literally like day and night. And I'm just like, I don't mm-hmm. even talk to my girlfriends as much as I talk to you. So sometimes I just had to kind of ignore him. But yeah, no, it's, there can be a very blurry line. I agree. I 100% agree. Having that separation there... Mm. between having time away from them, seeing other friends, not talk to them on, the, on a regular basis. Mm. Good thing. I think if anything, it encourages both parties also to interact and also to in- engage in the conversation directly. Rather than having, say, one party that is always messaging the other one first and there's never any sort of back and forth. Yeah. It very much feels like I've experienced it where, basically where I would, the girl would always message me, always message me first, all the, and then message me all day. Yeah. But got to the got to the point where occasionally it felt like I wasn't a friend anymore. It felt more like I was an agony aunt just dealing with their problems. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like I'm just trying to be like, look, I've got things going on in my life. I'm yeah. trying to keep myself fit. I'm working. Can I have some space just to breathe, please? <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah. that such a bad thing? <laughs> no, I completely get you. Like I I know that feeling very well. It's just like maybe just you know, get a therapist because I certainly I'm not that person. I'm, I'm massively underqualified to be anyone's therapist, so I don't know why you're speaking to me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and speaking of friendships, um, what are your thoughts on being friends with an ex? Oh, God. That's, oh, I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, good question. It's a, a very good question. Um, I would say it depends heavily on the reasons you broke up. Mm. Because if it's on amiable conditions or something that happened that was out of both of your control. So say, for example, when she would say, for example, you're like 17, 18, she's still living at home with her family. They've moved to another country or another part of the country where you can't have that interaction and date anymore, really. Mm. And I can kind of keep understand having, keeping that communication there. But if for, if there's any reason, any reason at all that you've that's been called off for, one of the two people has been unfaithful if one of the two other peoples has been doing some things or acting in a certain way that makes you feel uncomfortable or you f- or whatever reason anything that is a net you could perceive as a negative is probably a good reason to not speak to them again yeah if that makes sense yeah i have mistakenly i broke up i one of my exes actually cheated on me um a while ago now and we didn't talk for about a year or so after we broke up Mm. And then she started messaging me again and we started talking again. 
things started getting things started getting a bit more physical, and event and then eventually it boiled to the point where it reminded me why I broke up with her in the first place. It's if especially if it's something like that with a negative reason of why you broke up, the reason you broke up with them initially will come back up eventually. I'm a big believer that people are creatures of habit. People, once you've done it once, chances are you're going to do it again. Yeah. And I am just, I'm exactly the same. I am not again, I'm not immune to this. If I've done something once, I'll probably do it again. Mm. And or if something's happened to me, I'm likely to think it's going to happen to me again. Mm. So I need someone that understands that. Yeah. Or I need someone or so going back to the same person and keeping in contact with them just sounds like a bad idea. So to share my point on that, I am definitely not friends with any of my exes. You know, some of these relationships, they were years ago. But, you know, if I saw any of them now, I'd be very civil. I'd say, hi, how are you? But I would never suggest meeting for a coffee or having lunch. I am not on that. You know, I wouldn't be on those kind of terms with them. Yeah. Um, plus the fact that it's been so many years now. Like, why would I? Mm-hmm. Um, and from my perspective, a friend is someone I want to keep in touch with. Okay. So, you know, with my friends, I'm interested in hearing about their life, the good stuff, the bad stuff, and vice versa. None of my exes fit that criteria. I have no interest in their life, um, unfortunately. I'm sure some of them have developed to be really nice people now, I hope. And also, I think when you, if you break up with someone and you don't have that respect for them anymore, I couldn't consider them to be my friend anyway. So that already kind of creates a non-friendship zone. And lastly, you know, if I was to have a future partner, I wouldn't want them to feel uncomfortable or any kind of way about it. That makes sense. The only thing I would think would be a problem could be, say, for example, you've both kind of you've been together for a while. And as a result, you've got the same friend group. If there's a breakup there. It almost like there's almost an uh, assumption or almost a, a need where you need to be at least amicable with them. Mm, yeah. Don't have to be massively good friends with them. Don't have to go and meet them out and do things. But as a friend group, you need yeah. to be civil as you said already, just to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. I think call it excess tension in the group. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, had had I been in that kind of situation, which I haven't before, you know, I wouldn't create any tension because it's just not fair for everyone else. Yeah, yeah, I've never been in that situation. But I reckon if I was, yeah, I probably, I wouldn't call them my friend, but I'd maybe an acquaintance. So, yeah, that's where I stand on friends of exes. I'm not friends of any of them. And I'm living a great life, so <laughs> I've got no complaints there. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately actually went through that exact situation. I was with uh, with my ex for a while. And mm. as a result, we kind of, I had my friends that she didn't really hang out with, but I used to hang out with her friends quite a lot. As a result, became quite close with them. Yes. So it meant that when things broke off, it became really tense where it felt like, they couldn't speak to me and they couldn't see, they couldn't have a conversation or meet me for a coffee or go to work and do something yeah. without having to really go through them first. Yeah. And it felt incredibly awkward for it for majority of time to the point where I now don't speak to any of them. They've all just through the, through the years have just slowly faded away and stopped talking. And it's, yeah. I get that it's nothing, it's probably nothing to do with them. It's probably myself as well. It's probably a two way street, yeah. but at the same time, it's, that whole tension was always there the minute we broke up. So it's, it's a hard one. And I mean, I've made new friends as a result. I've met new people. Yeah. And 
I still will if I if I run by them on the street or as you as you say with your ex before, if you run into them, it's like, hey, how are you? You keep it civil, yeah. but exactly. I'm not that bored about meeting up with you for a drink anytime soon. Yeah, it agrees. Well, we're aligned there for sure. <laughs> cool. Um, and then I've got a final question for you. Okay. What do you enjoy most about being single? Mm-hmm. That's a oh wow, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the joy about being single? Probably, you've caught me on that one. Uh, sorry, Mitchell. I've, I've known for my amazing questions, you know. <laughs> that is, the thing is, I've been single for so long now. Really I'm just kind of, I've, you know, I've been dating on and off. I've had like small, small sort of relationships yeah. here and there. Nothing long term. Mm. For the, be- the best part of seven years, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've, I've been in the dating scene for a while. Yeah. But I wasn't actually active in it. For example, when I first broke up with, my ex, with one of my exes, I was very much like, do you know what? I had a very bad mentality, very toxic mentality, where I was basically like, I don't want anything serious. I'm just going to take things as they come. And weirdly enough, it was the most my most isolated period as a result. Mm. The minute I started looking for it, I couldn't find it. Yeah. Do you know what? I have to I admire you for what you've just said there, just the fact that you admitted to having toxic behavior because a lot of people can't admit to that. Um, or either that or they just don't see it or they just haven't, yeah, they haven't just got to the point where they realize and reflected on their behavior. Good for you. Yeah, I think for me it was, as I, I think I, it's probably the reason for that is probably I got hurt quite harsh. And mm-hmm. as a result, I wanted to. I felt really bad myself. I felt I needed to pick me up and I looked in the wrong places for that. And as a result, I was getting annoyed on nights out. I was getting annoyed when things weren't going my way. Where now I'm at the point where I've gone through, I've basically, I don't want to say I've grown up, but I've I've learned there are other, other ways to be happy and I don't need to solely rely on one thing for that. There's other things I could do. And I'm at the stage now where I'm more than happy to look for a relationship. I'm open to one, but I'm not going to be looking for just any any random person for it, yeah. which is probably why I'm now getting off dating apps because <laughs> I need something now that need, that's a bit more than just your standard conversation. I need something a bit, with a bit more depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want just want to meet just anybody random. I'm not against. I'm still openly dating and I'm still up for dating. It's just a matter of. I am not looking for just anyone. I need to have that. There needs to be something there that there needs to be that spark, really. Yeah. That whole cliche of having that spark with someone. If that isn't there, um, I lose interest pretty quickly, or it's like this isn't going to work. Yeah. Just for whatever reason. Yeah. And to be honest, I've not because of lockdown and stuff. I've only been on. I'm not even been on a Zoom date this whole lockdown. It's oh, never okay. been my thing. Yeah. I've tried. I've tried the people, but it's never really gone anywhere. Yeah. So I've kind of when there's always been talk of oh we'll meet when things get better and it's just yeah. it never it never comes of anything. So yeah, I think going back to the whole detox thing, now is the perfect time to do it because there are other ways to keep myself occupied until I am find the right person really. Exactly, and the right moment as well. You know, sometimes lockdown might be just a sign that you need to slow down and maybe take a step back and then when things regain back to normality hopefully um then it's time for you to kind of step out and start seeing what options are out there I also picked up on your point about taking the time out and understanding where else you could find things to make you happy I was talking about this in my last podcast that self-reflection 
is very important. I mean, I've kind of, it took a bit of reflection on my end. And I think that lockdown has been a chance for that because mm-hmm. at the start of lockdown, I was living on my own. I had my own, own flat. So I was very much in my own space and no one else was in it. So it meant I had that chance to self-reflect a lot more. Yeah. And it made me realise then that this is when I was still on dating apps, was that ultimately I wasn't actually happy. Yeah. And that was partially down to the, the lack the lack of any sort of real conversation through dating apps. It was also part of the fact that I was rather overweight at the time. It was also to do with the fact that my work was at high stress. So there was a lot of a lot of other factors going on that meant that I just wasn't happy. But the minute I got off the dating apps, I got myself fit. I got myself, keep myself busy with studies, with everything else. It meant that I'm now at a stage where I'm more happy in myself. It goes back, it kind of goes to that cliche of you can't love someone else unless you love yourself. Yes, and very true. I am very much getting to that point where I am starting to like who I am now. Um, I am starting to get to that point where I can look for, look for something a bit more and be confident that I can find it. Rather than having loads of those self-doubts there that I didn't have at the start of lockdown. That's great. Oh, that's so nice to hear. I'm so happy for you. Just hearing you like just say that. Yeah, it's really uplifting. And I hope so many other people have managed to kind of reflect and I guess find themselves, you know, and find their own happiness. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's definitely a good time to, if you haven't started, it's definitely a good time to do it now. But completely taken us off track what was what was the one thing about being single that you enjoyed most we were we were a massive tangent there. <laughs> we did yeah i think yeah i think the probably the best thing about being single for me is not having the expectation or pressure there of having someone else yeah to basically have that control over yourself if that makes sense yeah because there can be i'm not saying everyone is because i know they're not but they're always the occasional person that can be quite demanding and quite controlling in a relationship it can be either person within it. And I feel like having being single means you don't have that monkey on your back, so mm. to speak. Yeah. You have that freedom to be able to do what you want and be able to figure out what's best for you. Yeah. And then if you just happen to find the right person along the way, then perfect. Yeah. It's not having that what that burden of I need to I need to be here at this time. I need to have need to have this ready for them. I need to do this for them on a almost daily basis. Yeah. And also, it means you can actually relax on Valentine's Day for once. <laughs> I mean, oh. I don't really, I've never really been a big fan of Valentine's Day, but um, I think I'll treat myself this year. Why not? Why I, mean, not? I think, I think a, top, a couple of our, my friends are looking at doing a Palentine's, as they're calling it. Oh. <laughs> doing like a, a video chat and stuff and just having that whole thing on Valentine's Day. We're just being there with friends rather than having the whole worry of, we're all single anyway, so I thought, why yeah. not? Oh, that's so nice. I'm going to have to WhatsApp my friends and see if they want to, if they're up for a Valentine's Day Zoom date or something. I think that sounds great. Thanks for the idea. Um, Cool. Um, I think I'm going to wrap up. But Mitchell, do you have any final words? For the guys, I would say take your time. There's no no issue with taking your, slowing things down and not rushing into things by any means. Yeah. For the ladies, I would say, Chances are, if a guy is interesting with you, if you know it's through an app and you've matched, doesn't matter. He might not have the confidence to make the first move. Mm. He's already matched with you. You already know he's interested. Don't be afraid to take that first step. Yeah. The chances are the water is going to be rather shallow. It's not going to be a massive plunge into the deep end. Chances yeah. are you're going to be fine. Oh, thank you so much. This is great words to end this session on. 
so I just I just want to carry on really but sorry I've got to close this down um but yeah as usual I want to let my listeners know um that all social medias for Mitchell will be shared in the description once I push out this episode Mitchell thanks so much um thank you for your time and for sharing your thoughts and your stories I've definitely learned a lot and I really enjoyed it and I hope you have too I definitely have thank you for having me on No problem. And thank you listeners for tuning in. I'll be back for sure next week. See you later. Bye.